Are you recording, Edinburgh? Yes. Good news. All right. So today's topic is confidence. So confidence has come up quite a few times in our conversations. I think there have been lots of different understanding of what confidence means and what confidence is. And is it something you have? Is it something you show? Is it something you develop? Is it something you're given? What would be a good starting point for thinking about confidence before we start talking about it? What would you say, Stephen? I think confidence is something that you, you have, but sometimes you're looking for more of it. Or do you think you don't have it just because you can't feel it because you're disconnected from it? You know, confidence is that sense and that feeling and that judgment that I can do this, I'm okay with it, I feel good about it, I feel settled. You know, that this is something that I've got a positive expectation about. And when you have those things, that's when you would tend to think, I feel confident about this. Either because of past experiences, past performance, past results, or confident in yourself in that moment, or confident because you're feeling off that confidence from others, others who have that positive expectation. So either having it individually or collectively. That positive expectation, so that's, that's the key, that's the core of it then, is I have a positive expectation of what's going to happen next. That is, in short, what confidence is. So when I'm feeling confident, I'm looking around me and go, this is going to end well for, for me or for my team or for the company. Yeah, or, or the confidence that if it doesn't end well, I'll be able to cope with it, I'll be able to deal with it, I'll be able to do something about it. You know, confidence is the feeling you have at the beginning. It's not what you're expecting to get at the end. Say that again. It's the thing you have prior to it is that confidence. Although you may might feel a confidence afterwards, that sense of confidence at the beginning to approach it with a sense of positive expectation. Okay. And that positive expectation isn't just about the result's going to be great, but if the result doesn't go to plan, I'm confident I'll be able to do something about it. I can cope. I can do this. I've got this. Okay. So if you're truly confident, you are going into a situation expecting the outcome to be positive. However, even if the outcome isn't positive, you are framing this in a way that you take this as a positive, or is that? Yeah, your positive, your positive expectation isn't all wrapped up in the result. Your positive expectation is how you're going to be able to deal with it as you go through the process. I expect I'll be able to deal with this. I expect I'll be able to cope with it. And or I expect it to be a positive outcome. Because a lot of us are doing things for the first time. And so it's the positive expectation that, that, that leads to that confidence is I've never done this before, but these are the things I'm sure of. So this then comes back almost to something we've discussed before then is about this framing th that result. So whatever the result is, you are going to look at that result as this is something I can learn from. This is something that's maybe get better. This is a new experience. This is, if you have that mindset, that positive mindset, you will look at any outcome as a as a good thing. So that whole 
you know, like these LinkedIn gifts and memes about every failure is another opportunity learned or, you know, I've got 10 failures. My next one will be a success. I mean, is that it? If you look, if you are genuinely confident, whatever happens next, you are going to come out of this feeling positive. Yeah, it's a, it's a confidence that you can cope, that you're going to be able to deal with it. And it's that positive expectation. And the point is that it's not positive expectation is not just about the result and the outcome. It's a positive expectation of how you're going to deal with the process, irrespective of how that goes. I'll be able to deal with it. I'm going to be okay. I can make that work. Okay. Because a lot of people, unfortunately, because they, they attach it all to the result. Yes. And if the result is an unknown or unpredictable or uncertain, as most are, if you don't, if all your confidence is only going to come from that and you don't have positive expectation that you can make credible, you end up not doing things because you feel you lack the confidence. Okay. That's good. That's interesting. So when I think of confidence, I feel that confidence gets bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm getting good results. So, you know, I'm going into this and it, it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy is I go into a situation expecting good things to happen. Therefore, it's more likely to happen. Therefore, it does happen. Therefore, I get more confident. Therefore, I think the next thing good thing's going to happen. And I see it as this this gorgeous sort of flywheel turning. However, I guess then the point is, is as you say, results are unpredictable. Outcomes are unpredictable. If something happens, you know, I don't score that penalty I'm expecting to score. My confidence should be high enough that I say I am able to deal with that outcome. Well, well, this is where you, you go into the difference between confidence and self-confidence. Okay. And those are two different things, very closely related, but two definitely different things. And, and this is where you, when you understand the difference between confidence and self-confidence, then you'll be able to appreciate why your confidence will fluctuate or sometimes you feel you've lost it or you lack it. Whereas your self-confidence is, is something else altogether. You know, and self-confidence is hugely important. If you look at the, the, the four, you know, cornerstones of high performance and, and happiness and everything else, it comes down to the four elements of your, your level of self-awareness, level of self-confidence, your self-management, and, and lastly, your, your social skills. You know, so first of all, the self-awareness of knowing what you're good at, knowing your areas of development, knowing what your values are and, 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 and all those things that make you authentic. Your self-confidence then is, is the things that you know within yourself that you bring that add value, that you feel good about, that you're, you have positive expectation about. Then it's your self-management, which is moving into things like discipline and habits and choices. And then that manifests itself into your, your social skills, which is then how you interact and engage and influence others. And your level of self-awareness and level of self-confidence will determine largely your level of self-management, which will then ultimately determine your level of social skill. And that, that's why your self-confidence is so, so important. So the four cornerstones, self-awareness, self-confidence, self-management, and social skills. So we should talk about 
these again another day because these are good because i think we we touch in and out of these all the time so there's a difference then between self-confidence and confidence so first of all, what is the difference and then secondly how do i build both of these because i'm assuming that self-confidence is a good thing coupled with the correct amount of self-awareness yeah, they're both, they're both good things, but it's, it's important to understand both. And this is where we can back to, you know, is it about the result or is it yeah. about the journey? And and, and so the, the difference between, the main difference between the two, confidence is an externally driven thing. And your confidence fluctuates wildly and you're not in control of your confidence. Okay. You know, you might just want to feel more confident or you might be accused of feeling too confident or overconfident, but confidence is an externally driven thing and it fluctuates wildly and you can't control it. Okay. You know, someone says to you, Warren, you're looking fantastic. Your confidence just goes up. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. It, you just, it makes you feel more confident. But then the next person sort of asks you, well, where were you last night? You look a bit rough. <laughs> and your confidence is just going to go straight down. There's nothing you can do about it. It fluctuates up and down. You produce a good result, your confidence goes up. The result is disappointing, your confidence just goes down. Someone pays you a compliment, it goes up. Someone um, gives you some criticism which you think is unfair, it's going to go down. It's all externally driven. Some people's confidence is determined by things like the weather or how bright the day is or how they feel they're looking in the mirror that day, or the look that a stranger gives them in the street. It's all externally driven, and it fluctuates wildly. Okay. Because it's all externally driven, and you can control that. You can try and manage it. You can try and put yourself in a more positive environment. You can surround yourself with people who will be positive and nurturing for you. And that's where, from a very early age, you get some people with higher levels of confidence naturally it still fluctuates but it doesn't fluctuate from a baseline of zero so so that was i think that management piece is interesting because when you say it's external i kind of then feel that you're like a plastic bag in the wind you know just getting floated around from one place to another you do have some control over how how much it moves you however it is only some control. You, as you you can manage it. You, you can minimise some of the bad effects, I guess. Or, but it is still externally driven. Yeah. So the, the environment that you have is very important, you know. And if you do get up just like a, a plastic bag every day and blow in the wind because you're not paying attention to where you get your news from, where you get your information from, you know, yeah. the, the the people you mix with. All of those things will have an obvious and immediate impact on your level of confidence because it fluctuates up and down. Okay. And there is nothing you can do to control it, but there are some things you can do to try and manage the bandwidth of that. Okay. So confidence is externally driven, which we have the possibility to manage. And then self-confidence, so I'm going to take a wild guess, self-confidence is therefore internally driven. Yes, yeah, so you've, you've got confidence, this externally driven thing that you can't control, but you can try and uh, manage mm. the environment yes. that, that affects it. Yes. But you can't control the fluctuations. 
you can't try and not feel good and you can't try and pretend to feel good by what's happening around about you. All externally driven. Yes. And then what you've got is your self-confidence, which you're quite right, is, is the alternative side to that, which is it's all internally driven. Yes. This is you taking ownership and control of your level of self-confidence. So how do I do that? And are the two linked? The two of them are linked. And, and how I tend to describe this, if you can imagine uh, a feel-good line, a horizontal line, which is your feel-good line. Yeah. So when you're feeling above that line, you're feeling great. If you're way above that line, you're feeling amazing, you're feeling tremendous. But if you dip below that line, you start to not feel so good. And then if you dip lower, you feel really not good. And then you feel kind of bad. And then you feel really, really down. Yeah. So if you're above that line, it's good. And if you're below that line, it's kind of negative. So your confidence has massive peaks and troughs. And if your peaks and troughs are all above the line, your peaks and troughs will go from feeling okay to feeling amazing to feeling fantastic to feeling tremendous. And it will go up and down wildly. Yes. However, if you allow that self, that, that confidence level, that bandwidth to go below that feel-good line, you will be spiking between feeling okay to really not feeling okay, to come back to feeling okay, to down to not feeling okay, and then everywhere in between. Yes. Your self-confidence also fluctuates, but it doesn't fluctuate so wildly. It fluctuates very, very gradually. So it builds very gradually, so you don't actually feel, I'm feeling more self-confident, I'm feeling more self-confident, I'm feeling more self-confident. You will just start to feel gradually more self-confident. You feel you're growing into yourself. You'll feel you're just becoming more comfortable with who you are and what you're about. But it will also decline very gradually. So you won't notice when your self-confidence is starting to diminish, when you've neglected it and it's starting to go down the way. But every so often you will just feel really, really lacking in self-confidence. Because what you used to feel self-confident about, all of a sudden you think, I don't feel that self-confidence because you've allowed it to diminish. The confidence line fluctuates. You know, someone says, um, I, I look good. You know, I'm doing a good job. It goes higher. Somebody says, you know, you're looking a bit rough. You know, what, what was that work you did yesterday? It goes down. And I get, so I understand that can, that can go up and down and you try to manage that manage your reactions to it, manage the, the inputs that come in. But self-confidence, is this about me then telling myself a story every day? Or So I understand how the fluctuations in confidence externally can be done. How do I control the, the growth or the, or the line going down in self-confidence? Well, this is your inner work. And this is where you are doing a regular inventory on the areas that's going to help your self-confidence. And that's typically in five areas. It's the, the, what experience do I have? Secondly, it's what expertise do I have? So what am I good at? Yeah. You know, and there's a difference between experience and expertise. And I, I've got a friend who's been driving a car for more than 25 years. I would still rather get the bus. Lots of experience, not a great deal of expertise. So your, your self-confidence is 
the areas of that what you've experienced, what you bring, what you've gathered, yeah. particularly your positive experiences, your expertise, the things that you know you're good at, and you typically enjoy the things you're good at. So if you're if you don't want to be saying you're good at something, then look at the things you enjoy because you're probably good at those things. Then also the next the third thing is your knowledge, what you know. So this is all your learning, all the things that you know that you can bring to the table. The fourth thing is your ability. And this is you being honest with yourself of knowing what you're capable of doing. So you know you can you know, make people smile. You know you can make a difference. You know you can bring some energy. You know you can see things, as, see things early and see it as it is. Yes. And the fifth thing is any qualification you have, either formal or informal. Now the formal is you know, any kind of accreditation or professional endorsement that you have or the title that you have as a mother or a father or as a brother or as a doctor or as a, a welder or whatever it is. But also the informal qualifications, you know, the type of person that you are, you know, the character that qualifies you, that, you know, if you know you're a caring person, you'll have more self-confidence to go and help someone. Or your ability to, to make things happen or your ability, you know, what qualifies your ability to get people excited about things. So those five areas, your, your experience, your expertise, your knowledge, your ability, and whatever you feel qualifies you for that particular situation, those are the five pillars of your self-confidence. And if you ignore those or neglect them, like anything you take for granted, you'll go looking for it one day and it'll have gone. So this inner work, immediately, it's a relative thing, isn't it? it, it again, it sort of feels a little bit like the, the, the circle I was talking about earlier is when you're feeling confident, then you will look at your experience, you'll look at your expertise, you'll look at your knowledge, you'll look at your ability, you'll look at your qualifications in a different way. I mean, maybe your friend who's been driving for 25 years think they're a fantastic driver maybe that's a lack of self-awareness or maybe too much self-confidence but when you're on that downward spiral you look at everything you've done and you frame it in a bad way in a different way oh I only did that because I was lucky oh I only managed to do that because of where I was or who I was with whereas when you're in that confident thing it's I made that happen I did those I did those good things well see this is and it's important that there's not the confusion between confidence and self-confidence. Yes. If you're feeling self-confident, so how I would describe this, if we go back to that feel-good line. Just, just the, on the, is the feel-good line fixed or is that feel-good line the self-confidence line? It, it's a fixed line that if, if, you, if you're above that, you'll feel good. If you're below, you won't feel so good. Now, if you can put the work in, to build your level of self-confidence and maintain that level of self-confidence up towards that feel-good line, then what you do is you provide a base because your confidence bounces up and down on top of your level of self-confidence. Yes. So if your self-confidence is at that feel-good line, then the fluctuations in your confidence will go from feeling not so good to feeling okay to feeling great, tremendous, fantastic, amazing. And even when it bounces back down, it'll bounce on that base of self-confidence, which is almost at feel good. So the confidence line, 
you know, we need a whiteboard really. But so the confidence line doesn't go below the self-confidence line. No, it bounces on. Your self-confidence is your base. Got you. So if you, if you allow that self-confidence to diminish, your confidence fluctuations can go from feeling catastrophic to every now and again picking up to maybe almost feeling okay and going straight back down. If you think of a really good example of this is people who fall into addiction and I've worked with people with addiction for years. What they have done is they've projected their happiness and confidence onto an external substance or an external choice. And because it gives them that momentary high, which is a feeling good, but internally they know that's nothing to do with them. So it actually diminishes their self-confidence. So as their self-confidence goes further down, they start to really feel that they need that boost of confidence. But because, again, they know it wasn't internally driven, their self-confidence diminishes even further. So they then become desperate, absolutely desperate, to feel okay, even though they know it's just momentary because it's externally driven. So on the good news of your confidence, no matter how you feel, you know it's not going to last. So if you're not feeling confident, you know that can change in a heartbeat or in a compliment or in a situation. But also, any of the good stuff that you get that's only externally driven, you know, you've bought the shoes, you've bought the car, you've bought the house. If your happiness is wrapped up in the external things that happen to you, that will feel good, but it's momentary. Yes. And if you do not have that base of self-confidence, which is your part of the deal, then what you're leaving yourself to is open to whatever is going to happen to you today, whatever's going to be said to you today, whatever the outcomes are going to be from the day, to determine whether you feel okay or whether you feel terrible. Yes, that makes sense. If I look in the mirror and I'm genuinely happy with how I look, yeah, let's picture that, and I go outside and everyone is telling me I look awful, will the fact that everyone's trying to drive me down eventually drive my self-confidence down? Or is that still always within my control? So how I'm reading that, I'm thinking as I'm just talking. So because everyone's telling me I'm useless or I'm bad, even if my confidence at that time is above my, 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 my feel-good line, I'm not letting it affect me. Until one day I look at the fact that everyone's saying this and say, actually, I need to reframe you know, what, how good my experience or how good my expertise or how good my knowledge or how good my abilities are. And then that's when it would start to go down. And then that links to self-awareness, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's like everything else, Warren. If you get something bouncing on top of something all the time, it will wear it down yes. if it's not being replenished and repaired. Yes. And so in that particular example, your self-confidence might be more boosted by the fact that Actually, how you look isn't that important to you. It's the person within, and it's your values and what's more important to you that gives you your self-confidence. So other people's opinion on whether they think you look good or what you're wearing is the right thing becomes less important to you and has less impact on your self-confidence because you care about more important things to you. Yeah. But if you don't protect that level of self-confidence and continue to build that level of self-confidence, it will get chipped away at. And again, that's why the environment that you choose to be in plays a part. It doesn't give you self-confidence, 
but it manages the impact of the fluctuations in confidence. Okay. Okay. So there is a difference between confidence and self-confidence, but there is a relationship between the two. So by managing your conf- by managing those things which affect your confidence, it is going to have an impact on your self-confidence. Full stop. Yes. And, and on, the, on the downside, that will chip away at it. But also on the upside, if you're going through one of those purple patches where you're just producing fantastic results all the time and you're not bouncing off your self-confidence as a base, it gives you almost that permission to say, I can raise my level of self-confidence here. So it has an effect on both ways. There is a definite relationship between confidence and self-confidence, but they are two different things and they react differently. Self-confidence, very gradual. Confidence, very immediate. Yeah, I get that. So confidence is almost, it sort of gives you an idea of a trend line for the self-confidence. So if, you, the, if you're spending a lot of time with more positive confidence, eventually your self-confidence will go towards it. Well, it can. It can, Warren, and there's an important, there's important part in this. And if we use a kind of sales analogy on this, when your self-confidence is in a good level, you'll do better deals. Yeah. Because you're not desperate for a deal. Because you're already feeling okay. So what you want to do is create a really good deal. But when your self-confidence goes really low, you're just desperate for something. And therefore, you're probably going to emotionally chase not the good stuff and probably take it at any price. And, and that's where good deals are not done. It's the same in relationships. If you're feeling self-confident, you'll want to attract your ideal partner. Um, if your self-confidence is low, you're just looking for anybody to smile at you. Dead on right. We've all been in that. All salespeople have been in that situation where you can't buy a deal, but you can't get a deal for love nor money. And then you will take a deal at 50, 60, 70. And that idea, the moment that deal comes in, something changes. The next deal comes in, it's it's back to normal again. Yeah. Well, it it can be. And and that's why the correlation is I want to just touch on. Because if if you think of the salesperson or people looking relationships, also people who are moving jobs or come out of a job and looking for another, they come out kind of self-confident of where they were, but they then don't get the opportunities. And after a period of time, they've not got the move they thought they were going to get. And the ideal job, they start looking at absolutely anything. And then they go for things just to get something. And then once they've got it, that confidence is going to dip because they're going to say, is this it? Yes. And you have all those things. It's the same with the emotional purchase, you know, the therapeutic shopping, which, which lasts for the moment, which is why so many things are then taken back the next day because it was for that momentary feeling of I'm back in control. I can buy something. I can have something I like. And then you take it home. You're like, what did I buy that for? Yeah. And, and, and so we have these, and, and again, confidence goes up and down. The correlation, however, is important. There is an impact if your confidence is continually hitting, you know, a low, low enough that it bounces off your self-confidence, it has an impact. If your confidence is consistently high because results are good, it does give you permission to maybe move that level of self-confidence up the way. However, they don't always follow immediately at the same time. There will be times where you'll have produced a fantastic result externally, but internally, you know you maybe didn't do everything that you could. This could have been better. I got kind of lucky there. That just kind of fell into place. 
In fact, I made a couple of mistakes, but it doesn't seem to have been noticed. So even though externally your confidence goes up because people are giving you praise and endorsement for what you've done, inside there's a bit of you kind of cringing. Yeah. And so that cringe causes your self-confidence to go down, even though your confidence has gone up. This is that self-work you're talking about. So how you frame that, so rightly what you said, and you see this with people regularly, don't they? When, when good things are happening to them, they almost refuse to accept the good things of it. They'll go back and they'll focus, as you said, on that 20% they could have done better rather than celebrate the 80% that they've done really well and let that 80% feed into their inner story and say, oh, next time I can work better. But instead they focus on that 20% for some reason. Yeah, and so I, I will sometimes sit down with people who just produced a fantastic result, but they will say, I just got lucky. And how do you replicate luck? And, and that is why sometimes confidence will go up, but self-confidence will go down. It can also happen the other way. The result can be disappointing. The result can mean that something doesn't happen that you really wanted to happen. But if inside you know you did everything you possibly could, you gave it your absolute best, you were on it all the way, even though your confidence goes down because it's still a disappointment, your self-confidence will maintain and it won't feel so bad because you'll say, I did everything I could. I know I couldn't have done any more. Yeah, that's where I was working towards before then was the idea of if you understand that confidence, external confidence feeds your self-confidence, then it's important to make sure that you're controlling and managing your environment like you're saying. But what you're saying is, yes, that's part of it. But even if you're doing that well, you may still miss the advantages to your self-confidence unless you do the work, basically. You have to do inner work. So external is external, control it, manage it. But even if you have a bad result, if you are smart enough, and does this go back to the five, the, 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 the inner work, the five elements of it that you need to consider? that even if something good happens or bad happens, I need to look at that and think, okay, how, what does this mean for experience, expertise, knowledge, ability, and, and how does this now qualify me to, put, to do something different, better, etc.? Yeah, it's, it's that and at work. It's, it's known, was my intention right? Was my application good? Did I give it everything? Did, did, did I do my very best? Did I learn from this? Uh, and, and all that sort of context and framework that you're going to put around it is to protect your self-confidence yeah. because it's so, so important because a self-confident person will look at a situation very differently from someone who's lacking in self-confidence. They'll be able to make things work. They'll be able to then drive positive expectation rather than get in with a defeatist approach. You know, well, some people go into relationships convinced that the bad things are going to happen again. And that's that positive expectation that was right at the start. So it's a predictor for success, predictor for happiness. Self-confidence is therefore a lot more important than confidence. So confidence is something which is, which is in, in the environment, but self-confidence is key, is core. If you are self-confident, if you, have, if you go into situations, go into life with this positive expectation that good things are going to happen, 
or positive expectation that you can cope with whatever's going to happen. Sorry, that's some learning already. This is an important predictor of happiness or a driver of happiness and success. Yeah, well, look, um, a self-confident person will enjoy success. Uh, and someone lacking the self-confidence might not notice the success, certainly won't enjoy it and probably worry it's never going to happen again. Yeah. Um, because they don't feel worthy. So that self-confidence line needs to be in the feeling good half of our imaginary graph. And if you can get it there, then whatever's happening, you are going to be resilient, you can be able to deal with it, and you're going to be able to enjoy the good thing. Yeah, yeah look, there's a, there's a belief in this model that your self-confidence is probably best to porpoise just underneath feeling good rather than above it. Um, so that it doesn't drift into arrogance uh, or complacency, which there is a kind of fear that if your level of self-confidence exceeds feeling good, that feeling good line, you start to drift into um, complacency and arrogance. The reason being that, therefore, no matter what happens externally, I'm all right. <laughs> you kind of don't care. So that, that's where you become detached a little bit. But it is about maintaining that healthy level. and. Although you can't control everything about your environment, although you can make some better choices, you can control your self-confidence. That is down to you. That is your inner work. And if you're looking for everybody else to sort out your confidence, if you're looking for every external thing to determine your level of happiness and self-worth, then it's really, really critical that you find yourself in a world where uh, it's all positive and and that's not easy to find. Resilience is, is really key, and one of the four pillars of resilience is self-confidence. Yes. So it's, it's, it's absolutely important that you're aware that you do have a role to play in this. It's not the world that makes you... The world will make you feel confident or less confident, but your self-confidence is yours. Okay. You know, and the small things is the... Are you able to accept a compliment? Are you able to accept a gift? You know, are you, you know, able to accept that good things do happen? All of these things, which should be okay, will give you an indication of where your level of self-confidence is. I, I say, like I've said before, I don't want this to turn into a how-to guide, but sometimes it's useful to get a couple of how-tos. This idea of keeping self-confidence high, even in let's say, situations where other people wouldn't. You see this, and again, and I'm not trying to make this nationalistic, but American founders, American entrepreneurs, you know, it's you're almost looking for somebody who's had two failures because the experience and expertise they've got from that failure means that they're going to be perfect for number three. It's a great way of reframing failures in another way where other people would say, I failed twice. This obviously isn't for me. They've actually done the inner work and said, because of these failures, I am now the right person and their self-confidence is therefore higher. So if I go into a situation knowing that, my, knowing that other people who have been through what I've been through have a higher self-confidence for whatever reason, what's the first steps I do to say, I'm going to start to change this? Which one? Change the confidence or the self-confidence? Yeah, always self-confidence. So I understand that as part of the story of how I'm going to improve my self-confidence is I should do some work in my environment. So if there's two people, they both fail twice, 
on a big project, on a, on a company, whatever. One of them is going out there going, now I'm the guy you should definitely invest in because I've had these two failures. The other one's going, who's going to look at me now because I've had these two failures? You know, how, how do you help the second person build up and say, this is, this is your inner story? And, and that has been, that's gone back to those five pillars. So what experience do you now have? You know, what have you learned? What's making you better equipped to make better decisions next time? Exactly. How are you going to use this? You know, go back to the three boxes that we've covered before. It's getting into that because of box. That's good for your confidence. That, that's what helps build that self-confidence, saying I am better equipped now than before. I'm going to be stronger for this. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I take something from this so that I don't need to be in this situation again. You know, it's the you mentioned earlier on about you know a football or soccer player missing the penalty. Confidence plummets in that second, but that's the that's the the challenge. That question of well, are you someone who takes penalties, or are you a successful sportsman or sportswoman? Yeah, it's it's the who are you? It's protecting that self worth. Everyone has a bad game. Everyone has an off day. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails more than they succeed. But is that going to be what defines you? Because if the external is going to define you, you don't have the self-confidence. We've done this session lots of times with, with teams where, especially after a bad cue, and, and yeah, you've led this lots of times, I've done it a few times, is you write down all these things that you've learned. You know, we've lost this customer, we've done this, we've done that. You know, these are all the bad things that have happened. And then, and then your phrase, which, which I use is that, so therefore, we've never been in a better position to do whatever's next. And that's that, that those, the, the different boxes is because of, because of all the things we learned last queue, because of all of those customers we lost, the deals we didn't get, et cetera. The learning that we've got from that means that this will never happen again, or this less likely. And to yeah. use the bad football analogy, I mean, you know, Alex Ferguson would say to his team, you know, if they lost the final and they were walking past the trophy, do you, you know, do you want this feeling ever again of being that close but not being able to touch it? And to use that as a additional drive and and focus, if you can demonstrate that, that people would invest in you. Yeah, and interestingly, Sir Alex Ferguson, before he went to your club, Man United, uh, he was at a Scottish club and one in Europe um, uh, with Aberdeen. And Aberdeen won a Scottish Cup final. And as they were coming off the pitch, he did the opposite. He was raging that this is not good enough because his fear was that their self-confidence had moved into complacency and arrogance. Um, so what he had to do was to let them know that even though externally they had won the trophy, yeah. this was not good enough. Um, and so, you know, as a great people manager as he was for all these different ex- extremities, but uh, that is that fear of becoming arrogant or complacent. And so understanding, again, that relationship of confidence and self-confidence allows you to be able to get the right balance yes. 
on those things, the right environment externally, the right environment internally. But the, the optimal appraisal that you're talking about, and that was the what we used to do in those situations, is that, and this is how you help build those five aspects, your appraisal of anything, of yourself or a situation, tends to be a bit about the past and then a bit about the present. So, you know, if you're going in for a review or anything or you're looking back on your life or, you're, you know, you're looking back on your relationship with somebody or you're looking back on a career, you'll tend to look at a mixture of all the things that have happened and you'll either label them good or bad or a bit of a mix. And then you'll go into, so where do I go next? I wonder what's ahead. And therefore your platform for what's ahead is a mixed platform of good, bad, and different things you liked, things you didn't like. Optimal appraisal is what really helps you build that self-confidence, both as an individual, as a team, and as a business. Because self-confident businesses make better decisions. Businesses that lack in self-confidence are desperate to try anything just for that, that might work. But self-confident businesses make better decisions because they know what they're about, they know what they bring to the table, they know what their offering is, they know what their identity is. And this optimal appraisal, as, as you and I have done with teams before, is really impactful because there should be a blend of the past but also the present and then the future. And the bit that tends to get missed is that present piece. Yeah, the present piece is the springboard. So the past should be 20% of your assessment should be in the past. All the things that's happened, good, bad, and different. I liked this, I didn't like that. That went to plan, that didn't go to plan. That was expected. That certainly wasn't expected. But that should only be 20% of the assessment. 30% of that assessment should then be in the present. So where are we now in terms of experience, expertise, knowledge, ability, that allows us to qualify this as being in the strongest possible position. And this is where you really boost that self-confidence. And this just to, I mean, that 30% is, as you say, is so swiftly moved over. And the moment you force people to stop and take stock of all of the amazing things that they've currently got, it is transformative. I, you know, you really find that how people look at this, and I've seen you do this lots of times, it, the mood in a room, and we're saying about a company, but all of those things you said about a self-confident company or a self-confident individual, you know, you do the right things for yourself. You don't make silly mistakes. You don't rush. You, you know what you're about. It's the same, isn't it? So if you're able to do that inner work for your team, for your company, or for you, is understand everything has a purpose and everything has a reason. And today, you are in the best possible place to do whatever you want to do tomorrow. And, and that's for us all. As of today, you've never had as much experience as you've had today. Exactly. You've got more experience today than you've ever had in your life. You've developed more of areas of expertise today in your life than you've ever had in the past. Yes. You now know things more things than you've ever known before. Things you were guessing at before, you now know for sure. Yes. And therefore, you're more able now than ever. No matter what age you are, no matter what time of your life you're in, no matter what job, career, relationship, or city you're in, you're more able now than ever before in history. 
and therefore these are the things that qualify you to be able to say I'm in the strongest position now than I've ever been in and using that as a springboard to then say so what future should I be really looking to create yes from that place of self-confidence otherwise if you just skip from the past to the future you end up creating another version of what you've already had you don't get that springboard jump to somewhere bigger somewhere better somewhere brighter and that genuine assessment and appreciation of what the past has given you springboard it's just that pause and those steps the experience expertise the knowledge the ability and qualification we've gone we've said them enough times now but it's such a great exercise to do um and, and it's such a great way of reframing bad things that have happened to you or looking at what was a bad thing and actually reframing it as this incredible learning experience. I mean, you know, all of those teams, again, a bad football example is Manchester United going out to Galatasaray in the European Cup. You know, the list of things that Alex Ferguson says they learned from it, man management, game management, central midfield control. I mean, lots of stuff, but there was mental strength. The young members of the team were better. They, they transformed that awful experience into something which they said fueled us towards our future success yeah well you know as people who go through relationships and a bad or difficult relationship and they can sometimes be so scared of it happening again they just keep making it happen again or they're so scared of having it again they never get into another relationship they're so determined not to get it wrong they never get it right and the difference is is in the learning because it's either I kind of just throw away the past, pretend it never happened. Or what can I take from that? What have I learned? What, from that experience, what's been of value? Yeah. What am I now more expert in? You know, and even if that is reading signals a lot earlier, or trusting your gut, your intuition, or you know, asking that additional question just to be sure, that then determines, not necessarily, I used to think that whether something was good or bad was really down to what you did with it. You know, so when people say that's a good thing or that's a bad thing, I say, well, it's a bit early to tell. You know, what, you, what you do with it's going to determine whether it's good or bad. I don't think it's as clear cut as that anymore. I've, I've seen too many bad things happen that they are just bad things. But how bad they are for you is down to your determination of what you then do as a result of it. And again, going back to that because of box, there is a box there where you can say, I'm going to be stronger because of this. I'm going to be better because of this. I'm going to be a bit wiser because of this, a bit more patient because of this, or a bit more ambitious because of this, or a less worried approach because of this. Which therefore means I've got a better future because of these things I've learned. So to go back to then the self-confidence thing. So the the big learning is self-confidence is key. You need to do the inner work with yourself, with your team, with your company. This is something you can control. You can reframe stories which have been negatively impacting you to actually turn it around to make it a positive. And this isn't going to be an immediate reaction, but by starting to talk to yourself and reframing all of these things, reframing your experience into a different way is going to help your self-confidence is one thing and thing. And then the other thing is, whilst confidence is external, you still have a place in controlling and managing it. So don't, you know, you choose, as you say, where 
you know who you talk, who you talk to those five closest people around you who say the right things to you who who are emphasizing the correct qualities that you, that you want you have the ability to control some of that external you can manage it you can manage, manage it, it. Okay. It's, it's not it's not something you can anything that's external you're never in control over you can manage the environment and you can also manage your response to that environment so what you choose to hear so actively manage that externally no you can't control it then that's 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 key and but the main the key thing is do the work on yourself on on these five key areas of experience expertise knowledge ability and how these things qualify you to do what you really want to do next and that positive and um, optimal appraisal of yourself that you're in the strongest position now than you've ever been in yes and it really helps to reinforce that as being the identity of a, a someone with good healthy self-confidence yeah and and not to worry that people say well, you can't have too much self-confidence you can't have too much self-confidence, but if you allow it to drift too far on, you go from positive expectation to privilege. Yeah. You know, you go from self-confidence to arrogance. Um, so it's important that if you're doing this genuinely, then what you're going to do is a very healthy level of self-confidence where you can have positive expectation that good things can happen, that you're worthy, that you can have good experiences that good things can happen that you can make a positive difference so i always privilege or arrogance one one thing i think about is entitlement so sometimes i i've sort of sneered at this sense of entitlement that some people have actually i think i was wrong because actually a sense of entitlement is different from arrogance that sense of entitlement is that expectation that i can cope so whatever happens, I'm going to be all right. So a, a poor example would be those people who expect to get seated at a good restaurant. They tend to get seated because they go in there expecting to get a seat, but they would probably be absolutely fine if they didn't. Whereas the person who goes in with a lesser view of confidence, they are, you know, they stink of uh, of being unconfident. So they never get this. They never get the seat because because they are going to feel drowned in unworthiness if they don't get it whereas that sense of entitlement is i'm going to be fine whatever this happens here and that tends to therefore encourage a positive outcome if that makes sense or am i getting i, I, rem I remember you bringing this entitlement thing to the table in this um restaurant in amsterdam and we were having lunch about <laughs> 10 years ago okay see i've been carrying and, it i've been carrying this around with me for a long time yeah well, I've been, I've been carrying it as well, and, and, and there's two types of entitlement, um, in my own opinion. Internal entitlement, I'm worthy of this, and um, this can happen. It's, in, in, you know, I'm entitled to good things. If it's an internal entitlement, I'm all for that. I love people who are like that. Yes. The people I, 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 I like less uh, are the people who feel that entitlement's an external thing. Yes. That's good. That's a good one. So do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. that's why I should get the great table. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, and that's that external entitlement, which I, that, that's not a flavour I enjoy. You're right. But this, this has been good because it's made me frame entitlement in terms of self-confidence. It's that positive 
expectation, not of the result, but that I can cope whatever the result is. However, the good news about it, by going in there with that positive view, I said without getting too much into the attraction, with it going into there with this positive view, the likelihood of a positive outcome is higher. It's just how we just we all know this the way it is. We all know that guy again going back to sport who is walking up to the penalty spot who looks like he's going to miss. He is going to miss. You know, stop him, stop him. We know how this ends. Yeah, and look, and and it's the same when you know you've got that customer who all of a sudden wants a call, and you think, oh, and you've got the choice. You can go in this sort of this could be good, this could be an additional piece of work, this could be a bit of promotion, this could be this. Yeah. Or you could be saying, oh, no, this, this won't be good news. This is about to get difficult. This might be coming to an end. And it's that level of positive or negative expectation, and that comes from your level of self-confidence. Yeah. And it's how you will then approach. And what I've found for sure is that you know when someone is self-confident, you feel it. Yeah. It's an energy. Yeah. It's a presence. Yeah. And you look at that person and you think, well, if you're expecting positive things to happen, what are those positive things going to be? And you kind of buy into it. You, you sort of go along with it. You then try to second guess what's all the positive things that's going to happen. Yes. But you can also see some victims who walk in in front of you and, and you look and you think, it's, it's always bad things happen. Yeah. You're right. And so what's the, what's the next bad thing that's going to happen? And do I want to be part of that? And, 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 and again, it's an energy. It's an intangible, but it's an energy. Right. But that level of self-confidence attracts so many positive things or not, depending on whether it's a, a healthy level of self-confidence. You're dead on right. It, and that's, again, then part of managing your environment. Find these people around you. Surround yourself with those type of people not not to be exclusive but if you can if you have a choice you know find find those people yeah, have enough have enough of them or have enough have enough yeah you know um, have, and and know who they are and love them to bits and appreciate them for everything they do for you because most of them probably would even know that that's what they do for you but they just reinforce all those positive things they might not even do it deliberately. They're just there. And those people are precious to you, absolutely precious. And they give you that resource to be able to go and deal with the rest of the world, which you will have to deal with. Because it's, you know, the, the special people will be a very small group. As I try to say to people, you have a boat which you can only fit a certain amount of people on. So who's on the boat? Yes. And what are they going to contribute? Yes. This is, this is good. I think that's, and the more you start to dig about it, you start to think about, it, it's, it becomes reinforcing, doesn't it? If you expect a positive outcome, when something doesn't happen, you're automatically re- reframing that experience as a learning thing. You're, you refuse to allow it to, to drag you down. But the moment you're down with all these things, you, you know, you've got to rest that, that momentum away to get back up again. That's going to be the it's It's... It's even when your self-confidence gets so low, so some of the triggers to be able to identify that, you know, not just your ability to not accept a compliment or, or praise or you think everything good's luck and everything bad is to be expected. 
you can actually get yourself into an emotional place, Warren, where people say things to you, but you hear something else. And then you respond to what you think you have heard, which just reinforces all those sort of doubts and uncertainties and fears. And that's where you end up. And then you're, as I say, desperate for something good to happen. And if you're over-reliant on any habit at all, any choice, any substance, anything, any regime that you're totally involved with. So even a fad diet where you think you're, you know, your happiness and your confidence is determined by that you have to eat a certain way, take something a certain day or the week or whatever. What you're doing is you're getting those momentary and sometimes very regular boosts, but they're all external. Unless you're, unless you're growing inside, then your self-confidence is, is, is not developing. I'm going to have to disagree there, and then we're going to have to wrap up because my lucky underpants were the reason that Manchester United won the treble in 1999. I think we, I think even as Sir Alex Ferguson has probably written it in his biography. So um, that, so, so maybe you're right about most things, Stephen, as always. But I think about these external superstitions um, helping uh, positive outcomes come. I think um, I think my lucky pants are Exhibit A. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll show you them next time. This is good. This is great. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We'll finish up there on Lucky Pads. <laughs>